to the Monica Matthew Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Happy Tuesday to you, August the 9th, 2022. Uh, the raid heard around the world occurred yesterday. A lot of fallout from that, but I was privileged enough, honored enough rather, to, um, to hear from Representative Lauren Boebert Eric Matheny, Will Chamberlain, and Steve Cortez, who all popped into my very impromptu Twitter space last evening. We had thousands of Americans join us who were very concerned about the direction of the country. Um, and so I'm going to play a portion of that for you today. I will make the rest of it available to you um, tomorrow. Uh, it was a five-hour Twitter space. Uh, we did have... Uh, the honor of having these folks with us for the better half of an hour and a half or so. And so I'd really like for you to hear exactly how Representative uh, Bobert thinks this should be handled moving forward uh, with regard to basically a bully campaign against uh, really, really a partisanship, a partisan bully campaign. And even people on the left see this for what it is, which is pretty shocking, but I think it should give you some hope that we're probably not as divided as uh, as the mainstream media would like for you to believe. So without further ado. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, you know, as you all know, the news breaking is that the FBI has raided President Trump's, uh, it even broken into his uh, safe, allegedly uh, raided Mar-Largo, uh, certainly precedent setting. Uh, all I can tell you is my phone has not quit ringing. My inbox is full. Uh, people are, you know, if they, if anyone was trying to get the country into a critical mass hysteria, uh, this has certainly, um, you know, been effective. Um, and so I wanted to host a space and see, you know, where you guys are on this and, uh, will thanks so much for taking the time to be here tonight. Uh, if Lauren would like to come up, I would love to hear from her as well. Hopefully Marjorie will pop in and join us. Eric, I see you're in the space. Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's crucial for us to, you know, come together and actually have some sober conversation around what's happening. Uh, why, you know, I mean, there, we can all, we can all, um, look at the craziness of what's happening in, in the nation right now. But like Chris and I were talking offline, it's, you know, I'm trying to like soberly look at this, right? Like what is the objective in game, um, for, for this regime? And if we were ever going to roll over into Marxism, if we've ever wondered if we're there, I would say storming the castle, as it were, is probably the fastest way to get us there. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to let you kind of lay down the ground rules for the space. Uh, you know, no cussing tonight, guys. Like, I'm just not up for it. I want to have a sober conversation about this. I want to hear how you feel, what you're thinking. Uh, but, you know, let's, let's keep it classy. Um, we do have some very important guests in with us tonight. And, uh, and I really want to give people, you know, an opportunity to sound off. Uh, Chris, go for it. So, guys, um, as you guys can all know the rules, when we do bring you up eventually, um, 
please come up, please go into mute, please raise your hand, please speak space, we'll go one at a time and have a lot of patience. Um, Monica, I think we, before we bring people up to speak, um, you know, other than like Bree, for example, or another reporter or media folks, um, let's get in, let's get with Will and Lauren and some of these folks and, and get some feedback from them. Do you think that's yeah. probably a good idea? Uh, and, um, yes, and absolutely. Into a little bit more of a free forum um, after we get uh, after we get these guests, you know, giving some feedback for the listeners. So yeah, absolutely. Um, represent and, and as always, guys. Please be sure to go to monicamatthews.com. Follow Monica. Obviously, follow her on here if you're not already. If, if you'd be so kind to follow me, that'd be great. But of course, follow our special guests that are here: Will Chamberlain, um, you know, Congresswoman. Is it? It's Babert, right, or Bobert? Bobert. Bobert. There we go. And um, Congresswoman Bobert. And um, so, and I'm sure more are going to pop into this space. So, yeah, Monica. Yeah. So, listen, guys. Heads up. Full disclosure. Uh, I am. Rec- I'm not recording this space on Twitter, although we know Twitter is. Uh, but I am recording this for my podcast. So, uh, you guys, you know, it it will go out to the masses uh, more than likely either later tonight or tomorrow. Um, Lauren. Listen, first, let me start by saying this. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us tonight. Um, And also, just thank you for being this constant. I tell Marjorie this a lot. Um, Thank you for being this constant, just stalwart. You know, like you are, you two ladies have, you know, I don't think you realize the impact that that you have on the American people who literally lose hope with every passing shenanigan like what's occurred today. And so I don't think that can be overstated, our gratitude. Uh, I, and I'll speak for myself and certainly my own audience because I hear from them um, about you and about uh, Representative Green. And I just, I just want to encourage you uh, and thank you, um, you know, on behalf of all of us who are literally watching our country uh, flush down a Marxist toilet. So, uh, yeah, I definitely want to hear from you. What, what in the world is going on? Where are we? Well, Monica, thank you so much for for that encouragement. Um, you know, we we know that the American people are behind us, and we know that these leftist Marxists are um, after the American people, and we're in the way. Um, so, you know, the attacks, um, the the verbal abuse, the lies, you know, that doesn't phase us. Uh, we we keep on um, pressing in. That now is not the time to draw back. Uh, now is the time to be relentless and fearless in, in, in saving our country. I am absolutely dismayed that this has happened to a former president, um, that, that Mar-a-Lago was raided by FBI agents. You know, I, I've been to Mar-a-Lago multiple times, and Secret Service is, is surrounding that place. And FBI goes in there, and um, just some sources that I've seen, I, I don't know what all is true yet, but they've taken materials from the home. Um, this did not happen when Hillary Clinton uh, was subpoenaed and deleted 33,000 emails. This is um, absolutely unprecedented. Uh, they, are ap- they are after him. They know his power. They know that the American people are behind him overwhelmingly. They know uh, that uh, 81 million people are not supporting Joe Biden and the demise of America that he is uh, that he is behind, that he is um, enforcing on our country. And they know that President Trump is coming back 
in full force and we are there with him. So they are doing everything that they can, just as they've always done, Monica, with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax and and uh, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two. This is impeachment hoax number three. And they will not stop and neither can we. Amen to that. I, I think we all agree. I, again, you know, when I look at it, I think from a strategic standpoint, right? Like, and many people are starting to feel like, are we even going to have a midterm? You know, I mean, that that's that with, you know, with regard to the election grid being what it is, but even now, you know, looking at this critical mass moment, which this is a critical mass moment, um, you know, and I, and I guess I would say, you know, trying to like calm the masses because I, I've been a, a champion of, all right, everybody keep your, keep your position, like hold your position, just keep your peace while you're watching all of this, because that is the end game. It's, I think is to get us into a position where, you know, we don't have a midterm and that is just how bloodthirsty I think this particular regime is. So Chris, uh, what other questions do you have for Lauren? Lauren, um, you know, from the Capitol, from your side on the inside there, I mean, what's going on in the caucus? What is being um, sounded off currently? Obviously, things are moving quick, um, Mm -hmm. being said. Yeah, uh, so I've seen a few... Twitter posts of, of some people who usually keep kind of quiet when it comes to President Trump. Uh, you know, they're they're afraid of um, backlash and whatnot. But even um, even those folks are coming out and saying, you know, this uh, how, how absurd this is. And we need to be supporting him in this and not backing down that um, how ruthless the left is. And I, I'm going to come out and say the FBI needs to be defunded if they are going to politically attack opponents like this. This is crucial. And I am calling for the FBI to be defunded as long as it's being abused as a political tool. And I hope that GOP leadership gets behind that. Uh, we, we are being rushed into Washington, D.C. this week to vote on the Infrastructure Expansion Act, um, a.k.a. the God knows what's in it act. Um, you know, that's a quote from Joe Biden, if you didn't hear that one. Um, and uh, this, they're, they're wanting to spend more money. They're wanting to use more resources and further hurt the American people. I will not fund a government that is behaving this way. And uh, I, I spoke at CPAC just a couple of days ago. And that's what my speech was all about, shutting down Biden's bureaucrats. And it's in every one of these alphabet agencies um, that is being weaponized. You have the DOJ going against moms and dads, calling them domestic terrorists for showing up to school boards and having a say in their children's education. And now the 45th president of the United States home being raided by the FBI. They need to be defunded. I would agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, we just saw Christopher Ray a couple of days ago, right, right before he hopped on his flight out of here. And um, and I'm thinking my, my question always goes back to anyone who is acting with this level of malevol- malevolence, right, um, and malfeasance. Uh, there, the question becomes, who is who's actually giving those orders? Right. Like I see my audience, you know, consistently say, oh, Joe Biden, this Joe Biden, that I don't believe going back up to Afghanistan. I don't believe Joe Biden's making decisions on anything personally. Um, Monica, you yeah. can't even put on his jacket. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so, and, you know, and you all have to be scratching your own heads going, 
who's calling the shots in this country right now? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's for, sorry, am I just, am I speaking? That's for a congressional yeah. investigation to find out, right? Amen. And that, you know, yes. Representative Boebert should be right on that, I think. Yes. And I, I'm confident she will be. That, you know, day one, when we take power in 2023, the first act of the House is going to be to set up a commission to investigate uh, this raid and find, and bring Chris Ray and Merrick Garland and every other person in the chain of command in to explain themselves. Um, and if they fail to explain themselves in a way that is, co- you know, essentially satisfies you guys, then you should be putting out forward articles of impeachment. Um, and mm-hmm. for all of them, everybody in the everybody in that line who's a political appointee and, and can't simply just be fired. Um, the I think, you know. People have been banning, th- saying things like, you know, they're crossing the Rubicon and, and it's a banana republic. And normally that's just sort of like political hyperbole uh, where people aren't doing it. But it actually literally is what happens in banana republics is they prosecute the, the or they try and investigate the last guy who was in charge. Um, mm-hmm. It is crossing the Rubicon is sort of the definition of a fundamental change in the political landscape where you have. Uh, you know, you have you have what you thought was this sort of, you know, respectful two party democracy where both parties at least acknowledge the legitimacy of the other to exist. Right. And that, that they get to they they get the right that we are together in this country. And, you know, I saw I think Jack Basovic tweeted that the, the Biden White House is cheering at the fact that they're prosecuting the prior president. It's like, well, that's that's a not just an indictment of him. That's an indictment of everybody who voted for him. That's saying that, that you know, the, from the Democrats' view and from the view of the White House, the Republican Party is not a legitimate political party. It's like, okay, well, we won't forget that. Um, and you, you have, you know, you've opened the door. And I don't believe in unilateral disarmament when it comes to this sort of thing. So, you know, 2023, we'll have, we'll, we almost certainly will have one of the houses of Congress. I hope to hope to God we just use that to investigate, investigate, investigate. Like, let's not sit around and pretend that we're going to pass legislation through a Democrat Senate. Or through a Biden veto? Obviously not. That's not the world we're in. Well, we will. You'll have the power to subpoena power, and you'll have the power to investigate. And that's what you should be spending all those two years doing, right? Just humiliate and subpoena and put them under oath and investigate. Um, and then I think, secondly, is you know we need to take when we take things back in 2025, massive wholesale purge of DOJ uh, and investigation of everybody responsible for this uh, criminally, hopefully by the DOJ at that time. But. Um, I, one thing I hope we don't see is like, you know, no violence on our side. That won't get anywhere. They control the government right now. I think one of the things you need to internal, like internalize for the moment, right? For the moment, at least, we are kind of second-class citizens. Um, and that doesn't mean that, you know, there will be just arbitrarily uh, jailing of people randomly in the street. But it does mean that if you break the law, you'll feel it. You know, Democrats can get away with breaking the law. We can't. So don't do that. It's a bad idea. But um, – I'm, I'm all for using every me, every lawful means at our disposal to punish this, and I don't I don't see I mean, you know nothing. I don't care about whatever precedent we set. Right, the, 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 nobody's like Democrats do unprecedented things all the time. This is just the, the, the latest example of the most unprecedented thing they've done. So, all lawful means at our disposal to punish those who are responsible for this absolute travesty and something that really undermines you know the basic foundation of our democracy. Monica, I think Will's exactly right. Um, We've we've been calling for investigations on many things, and there needs to be a select committee set up uh, for for this raid um, into the 45th president of the United States, into his home, into his business. And uh, also, we need a select committee into Hunter Biden. Joe Biden is absolutely um, compromised from everything that we have seen with the business dealings uh, with Hunter Biden and the engagement that Joe Biden has had that he has denied. And there is... Uh, of proof of at least 12 
Um, I've, I've seen other places, 14 um, meetings uh, that, that they have been in partnership with, um, that he has been present with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is compromised, which compromises Joe Biden, and there has to be investigations. Will's right. Uh, we, we have a lot of legislation that we want to get passed that will help America. Uh, I, I don't know how likely that is in getting it through the, the Senate. And, and he's right. Joe Biden has a veto vote if he could find his pen. Uh, but we have to <laughs> investigate them on a regular basis and use that subpoena power. Right now, we cannot have real hearings in the House of Representatives. Uh, in fact, I serve on the Budget Committee, and the January 6th Committee held more hearings than the Budget Committee. The Budget Committee touches every part of government. We should be meeting on a regular basis, and especially with this skyrocketing inflation, with our gas prices, with our energy crisis, we need to be getting together and saying what is going on with our economy. Yet the January 6th committee meets more than the budget committee. We can't have um, real investigations into what's going on because they don't want to investigate their own party. So they keep all of that quiet and try to pretend that everything is nice and roses, but they're not the ones paying $5 a gas. They're not the ones in Texas and Arizona that's having their state's flooded with illegal aliens and completely invaded. In Colorado, we're now number two in the nation for fentanyl overdoses. That's coming from China through our wide open borders, killing Americans. We shut down the globe for this China virus, but we can't shut down uh, the border for the China fentanyl that is coming into our country and killing our children. There has to be investigations. I completely agree with Will. Um, for for folks that are in the room right now, we have, I mean, you know, probably close to 2,000 people or more in here right now. Um, we have with us, as many of you already know, um, obviously Monica Matthews is, you know, hosting here. We have um, Congresswoman Boebert, um, and who you've just been hearing speak. Um, we have the awesome um, Will Chamberlain, a senior legal counsel from the Internet Accountability Project, Article 3 Project, the Unsilenced Majority. And Will, you were the founder of um, uh, Human Events, correct? That that's correct. No longer involved there, but they they still do great work. Obviously, Jack is still a very very good friend. Yeah. So. And, well, that's and and so um, it's awesome to have these folks in here. We of course have Bree, um, uh, who was obviously with the Epic Times. We have Eric Matheny. I do see Steve Cortez down there, and some other folks um, that are more than happy to come up here into the speaker um, section, but. I do want to ask Will, we, we invited Will over for a legal take. Will, obviously, this is unprecedented territory. Um, you know, what is your kind of thoughts, legally speaking, with very little information we do have currently? Um, and, of course, the political side um, from your view, from your vantage point. So, I, I mean, I think that the first thing, am I speaking? Okay, sorry, I didn't see my little, my little yeah. thing come up. Um, yeah, so first I see a... I mean, the thing that constrains administrations from rating prior presidents is not necessarily the law in the sense that, you know, if you can, it's not hard to get a search warrant, right? The thing that's constrained that historically is uh, sort of prudence and comity between the parties, right? The idea that what what is done to by one administration to another will be done to them in the future. And so that kind of has created a detente historically. And so you haven't seen stuff like this, but if you're asking, like, is there a way for Trump to challenge the search warrant legally? 
Uh, odds are no, right? Odds are that he will not have much ground to stand on uh, in terms of deciding to like go to court and defeat the subpoena or go to court and prove that, you know, and get like a civil rights remedy. That probably won't happen. Um, so I don't think that that's the avenue here. That said, I think it's still, it's an abomination that it's done and there's a reason everybody's so upset and rightly so that, you know, just because there's not a legal remedy to something doesn't mean it's okay or ethical. Uh, and so, you know, we, we, the remedy is ultimately, I mean, in a way, the way to look at this is it's a political action. It's a political wrong. And so it will need to be redressed politically. Um, and I see impeachment as effectively a political tool in that regard. Um, I think the the second thing is okay. Well, is what are what are they trying to do? Well, I mean, I guess I think DOJ's legal theory was spelled out by Mark Elias. If if what we if the news reports I'm hearing are, are correct, uh, they're going after him, uh, former President Trump, for retaining documents uh, that he took with him after he left office, um, and that you know allegedly are classified. And that's the theory. And and the thing, the other thing Elias posted was he posted an excerpt of the statute, which suggested that uh, what the consequence of being of being convicted or found, you know, found to have violated the statute about retaining classified documents is that you're not allowed to hold public office. So the theory here, I think, that Democrats might be trying to work on is essentially barring Trump from holding public office in the future. Um, so that might be one of their strategies. I mean, the other might just be, well, they can, they're in a position where they can harass the Republican in the same way that, you know, they've, the, the way I look at what they're doing to Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro is essentially it's like they, they, they're an overeager cop and they saw somebody with a bro broken traffic light or a broken uh, turn signal. You know, it's like they have they, they have the opportunity, they have permission to be able, they have the lawful ability to be able to harass or prosecute or convict. And so they're going to go all out on it, even though historically it hasn't been done. Um, and historically, there's been enough respect between, you know, past employees of the White House and future White House employees that this stuff doesn't happen. But all that stuff is being shredded. We're, we're in a post, it's almost like we're in a post-presidential world. We're in a post-comedy world where the parties respect each other and, you know, consider what they might do to each other based on the precedents they set. And I think the biggest thing I worry about is Republicans retaking power and then deciding, worrying about what precedents they might set. Um, remember all that stuff? Remember the national emergency to build the wall? And how every, you know, establishment squish was talking about what a terrible precedent would set if, if President Trump did that. Like, do, do you guys all realize how silly that was? You know, Democrats, <laughs> Democrats don't care about what precedent you set. They're willing to do unprecedented things all the time. Um, so you shouldn't care about set precedent setting. And I think that that's, you know, you know what I want to see from Republicans is, uh, I guess I, I've used this phrase before, but the idea of sufficient ruthlessness. Like, you don't, we don't want to turn the country into a banana republic ourselves. But we are certainly should be willing to use every lawful means at our disposal to make sure stuff like this stops happening um, and that they're deterred. I agree. Lauren, would you agree that you have that type of uh, widespread support for, you know, outlining exactly what we'll just uh, outline for us, like moving forward with that? I sure hope so. And uh, this is what uh, my friends in the House Freedom Caucus and uh, and myself that we are all pushing for all of the Republicans in the conference um, going forward. We cannot uh, be forgetful uh, about what the Democrats have done, and we cannot be afraid to step out into new territory. Uh, I'm not saying to be unlawful. I'm not saying to, um, you, to, to cause chaos, 
but we have to be aggressive in when we take back the house. We have to actually do something with it, or we will lose this country forever. Uh, the base will be completely fed up with Republicans forevermore if we allow what happened in 2016 and 17, uh, uh, 17 and 18 um, to happen again. You know, we had all three branches of, of government and did nothing with it because no one would work with President Trump because they were afraid to, because they were afraid of these precedences uh, being set. And we have to be aggressive when we have that majority and show the American people that Republicans do have a spine, that there are conservatives in the House willing to fight for America, for our freedoms, because uh, I guarantee you the Democrats are fighting tooth and nail to take every bit of it away from us. So just like I said before, this is a time to be relentless. And, uh, you know, for, for all the people who say, oh, you know, President Trump, sure, his policies were great, but if he would just tweet a little less and maybe if he was a little more uh, polished or presidential, you know, screw that. I, I, I'm, I'm so fed up with this. I would much rather have someone that is bold, who will take these arrows for the American people on a daily basis. President Trump had a good life before he ran for office and he stepped up to do this and everyone turned against him and uh, attacked him every single day, went after his family and he did not stop. He has not stopped working for the American people and, and pushing this uh, agenda of, of, of America first policies. And, um, and he didn't have to do that. We have to keep that in mind, have these investigations, um, have select committees formed and be sure that we get truth out to the American people. Truth has been silenced for a very long time because of the left, because of Democrats. So now is the time for us to stand up and do what we campaign um, that we're going to do. All House Republicans campaign as conservatives. They all campaign boldly, but then they get there and say, oh, well, this is how we do things in Washington, D.C. Well, there's a whole slew of us freshmen who are there now. There are freshmen that are coming up who will be elected to the House of Representatives who hate the way we do things in Washington, D.C. and want to do them differently. I'm a part of that team, and I cannot wait until we expose all of the hypocrisy, all of the lies, all of the corruption from the Democrat Party. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think there, you know, I think the exposure in, and, and thank you for your tenacity. I, I, I think the exposure is there. I think what's really wearing the American people out is the lack of justice. And, and I understand that we're not really in the posi a favorable position, you know, as Will outlined, you know, how we should move forward uh, with regard to our uh, Department of Injustice that we're currently residing under. But I think that, that that is right. And I've said this, you know, for years as a political consultant, the Republicans historically will charge the hill, they will take the hill. And then they'll run right back down the other side of said hill. And and people are just tired because I think, you know, all the hyperbolic rhetoric is actually coming true, you know. And so, I, yeah, we are looking to our representatives as much as I'm out here saying, hey, don't count on politics to save the day. Um, you know, you, you guys are there, you know, to represent the will of the American people. And you know this. I'm, I'm, I'm not even preaching to the choir on this. You're, you're, you're on the side of, of patriotism. You're on the side of the Constitution. I appreciate that. I'm with you. 
this is not a popularity contest. This is not a beauty contest in terms of President Trump's, you know, uh, uh, his mannerisms. You know, this is guerrilla warfare. This is an all-out attack, an assault on this nation. And so we need someone who's actually capable of taking the hit. So I agree with you on that. Um, I want to go to Bree. Bree Dale uh, with Epoch Times is someone that one of the very few people uh, in my industry I trust. And uh, so I want to go to Bree, and then I want to go over to uh, Eric, who's joined us this evening as well. Well, welcome, Bree. Thanks, Monica. It is 3 a.m. in Rome. Thank you for having me. Um, I have two questions, actually, um, both for Will and for Representative Bobart. Will, um, we have a New York Times article claiming that um, this raid is due to Trump allegedly holding documents containing classified material. Um, with the FBI's precedent uh, regarding Hillary Clinton's TSSCI server, what ground, legal ground, do they have to hold Trump accountable and not her accountable? And then um, for Representative Boebert, do you believe these actions just within the, you know, the 90-day window for the midterms will impact the elections? And do your counters in the Democratic Party believe that their, const- their constituents support this? Um, and then any comment on David Axelrod's narrative? Um, I posted that up on the stage. And uh, a secondary question I have for you is also, where are, your, where are you on your defamation lawsuit? Um, thank you. Cool. All right, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Um, so the, your question, Bree, was, you know, what, what authority does the FBI have to undertake this lawsuit? And then specifically, you know, do they have that authority given that their failure to prosecute or raid Hillary Clinton for uh, having classified on our private email servers? So first, I mean, it's the, the authority they have is just violation of a federal statute, <clears throat> right, which is a federal criminal statute. I mean, they, they have, if they have probable cause that that happened, they, they have you know, the jurisdiction of raid. And, and so there's not, this is why I said earlier, there's not really an ability for President Trump, I think, to have a really strong law, legal challenge against the raid, right? I doubt that that's going to be viable. <clears throat> and similarly, I don't think that it's viable based on some sort of selective prosecution or selective investigation claim to say that Trump could be like, well, she wasn't prosecuted. I mean, part of the, the way the law works is that all the time, some people are prosecuted for crimes and other people aren't. Um, and there's prosecutorial discretion, and there's it's very vast, so it's it's very challenging. I, I really don't think that there's going to be much of a legal avenue for Trump, and and I don't think that there's a real legal challenge. But that, as I said earlier, um, just because some things the FBI can do something and can show up in court and and you know and and defend it in the sense of you know it's lawful, doesn't mean they should do it. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it isn't a massive political breach. And uh, so. As I said earlier, I think the remedy here for this political breach, this massive, you know, change in the way our country works, where, you know, we have a, a prior, a, a current administration investigating a prior one um, and seemingly willing to use to go straight from zero to 100 the moment they can, uh, the, that demands a response, a political response. But, so that's that's my answer. I, I do I do believe that um, this is intentional in that 90 day window um, into the midterms, but I believe um, that it will be to our advantage, to the Republicans advantage, uh, because uh, that they're, they're coming after the American people. And this is um, a huge warning sign of that. Uh, everything that they've done to President Trump, they, they want to do to 
the people who support him as well. And and then those who who aren't politically engaged and just trying to put food on the table and be able to afford to get to work and uh, provide for their families. This is another one of their massive distractions from uh, the chaos that is in our country right now with um, Biden-made crises uh, from everything from the southern border to inflation to energy crisis uh, to our jobs crisis. You know, they want to tout um, the job uh, increases uh, when it's really people getting second and third jobs to try to make ends meet and uh, or or job growth. And it's really just people going back for, to the jobs that uh, the government wouldn't allow them to work at. Uh, so this is just another distraction from their failed policies that Americans are paying the price for. I do believe that um, the Democrats' base, uh, for the more, most part, will will cheer this because the only thing the Democrats have is President Trump and attacks on President Trump. That's why you have the January 6th Unselect Committee because they have to keep him in their narrative to keep their base engaged. I also believe that there are many Democrats who are fed up with their nonsense and uh, will either disengage completely or come over to the Republican side and say, you know, we actually just want good governance. That would be wonderful. Uh, so it, it's it's um, intentional. All of this has been intentional uh, since uh, the election. Uh, nothing has been to promote Joe Biden and his presidency um, because we all see it as just a residency and it is he's failing our country on every level he is weakening america from afghanistan um uh, to to that horrible shameful withdrawal in afghanistan that surrender to the taliban arming the taliban with 86 billion dollars in military equipment uh you know uh, to look at look at what china is doing now and, and their threats against taiwan they see a weak america because of the Democrat rule, and they are taking full advantage of that. Putin is taking advantage of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, now we're, we're talking about sending even more money to Ukraine. And, uh, you know, at what point do we just start sending our tax dollars directly to them and cutting out the middleman? Uh, this is absolutely absurd. And then um, just a, a quick follow-up on your last question. Um, I, I have uh, my attorney who will be... Um, releasing some information about the defamation case um, in the upcoming days, and I would defer you to her. Um, so, guys, let me ask you, because Lauren and Will and um, even Eric, um, you guys are all very politically savvy. You have a group, you have big followings. What kind of message does this send um, when we have Mar-a-Lago getting raided um, and yet we still have Hunter Biden roaming free um, in, in the public, mm -hmm. what is it, for your followers and for the people that you're getting feedback from in Lauren and with your constituents and of course Will with your huge following, what's the message that your guys are getting immediately after this? Well, Chris, I want to chime in here for a minute as a professional, as a criminal defense attorney, because I deal in these investigations all the time. And if it's documents that the FBI is after and Donald Trump is represented by God knows how many lawyers, that's a phone call counsel. Can you please provide these documents? Can you assist us? This was a show of force. This comes on, on the heels of the 87,000 IRS agents. This is the government reminding everybody, this is who you work for now. This is your overlord. We can do anything we want to. Your president is not safe. What makes you think your puny ass is safe? You're not. And this is a show of force by the Biden administration. 
trying to come after small businesses. They're going to come after middle-class Americans. They're going to come after people who post the wrong things online or who possess the wrong ideas. And certainly something like a raid for documents that could have been done with a phone call. No, that's a show of force. And that's a message to the American people of what this administration is willing to do to you. If your president is not safe, neither are you. Preach, Eric. That is exactly right. I I say that this is a wake the heck up call. Uh, Every everyone needs to be paying attention to this. Uh, Eric is exactly right. They do not care about you. In fact, they hate you and uh, they want you to fail. They want to prove that not only are they overlords um, to to the left, government is God. There is no higher deity than government. And uh, and everything is being sacrificed at the altar of climate change. And uh, we're, we're next on the list. So wake up. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a provocation, right? Like it's as as Eric said, I think he's exactly right. This could have been handled with a phone call. That's why it's such a dramatic um, problem that you know this could be handled with a phone call. There's there's so many ways to get a former president who's you know to, to cooperate if you need some records returned or something. It's it's absolutely preposterous that you need the FBI to show up guns drawn and invade his home. Um, and so it's a provocation as much as anything else. It's, I mean, it's a reminder. We have all the power. And I think I don't, you know, I saw uh, Rob Reiner tweet something like, great, they're raiding the FBI. And you hear about the, the White House cheering. Like, they want this. They, they, they want to spit in the face of half the country. They're hoping that, I, I honestly think they're hoping that, you know, uh, Republicans get violent so they could do horrible things to them. Um, th- there's no real stopping this. Will, Lauren made a great point. She was talking about government as a deity. What's the very first thing they did during COVID? They shut down your church. It's a hallmark of communism. Look at any communist country. Study your history. They get religion because there's no God higher than the state. And this is exactly a reminder of how powerful your government is. I, I, had, a, um, I had a question sent to me from someone who's awesome. Um, uh, his name uh, is Todd. Uh, Todd's down in the room. Uh, wherever uh, Todd is. Um, but his question, which is a great question, is what's to keep the FBI from planting evidence in the boxes they took out of Mar-a-Lago? Um, the, the fear that they'll get caught. Um, <laughs> but like they, they, they do, I don't know how strong that fear is anymore. I wonder, uh, you know, it's, it's like that. You remember that Game of Thrones scene? I don't know if I'm making a horrible analogy here, but it's the scene where, you know, not to spoil, but, you know, where, where uh, Cersei blows up the church. And there's the other character who says, Cersei knows what the consequences of doing this, but yet she is not here. So she does not intend to suffer the consequences. So it does make me wonder, you know, what exactly do, do the Democrats not think there will be consequences for this? <laughs> do, they, do they not think Republicans will notice and respond? I wonder sometimes. It's really remarkable. Well, you know, um, this is Bree Vale again with Epoch and Representative Bobert. One of the things that you're talking about here, I think, is really key. The, the consequences, the, the, the real consequences on the world stage. Um, I will tell you here in Italy, uh, the Italian population and the Italian government has been watching um, the, the American um, government and governance for the last uh, three years now and what has been happening um, and and uh, it's affecting directly the governance here in Italy. But the one uh, place that I think uh, many eyes are on right now is China and Taiwan. And uh, the question really stands for many intelligence analysts. 
um, if a weakness is seen or discord or um, upheaval in the government of the United States to include uh, a targeting of the former president uh, and whatever comes out of that within um, the populace, will that be the time that China uh, acts upon Taiwan, as we've been seeing um, the, the raising of tensions there. Uh, Representative Bobar, I know that you work directly with many of your um, your colleagues on uh, situations with regards to um, national security. And we saw what happened with the failed withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you have anything to say on, you know, regards to China and what this could happen, what, you know, what, a, a you know an arrest of uh, President Trump, for example, or an indictment of President Trump could do to our national security. I think that it emboldens uh, these horrible dictators around the world uh, greatly, and it's a very scary threat, um, a very real threat um, that is facing the world right now. Uh, we we are the beacon of light. We are the beacon of hope. Uh, for the world. And to see America in a state like this um, is, um, it, it's it's terrifying for us, it's terrifying for our allies, but it's emboldening our, our enemies. And that's something that we have to take into consideration. Uh, you know, you have, you have Democrats who, who still say that um, President Trump is, is a, a Russian asset and that he's, he's pals with Putin. Um, no, I, I think I've seen more co coalition, co correlation with the Bidens than I have with Trump. And all of that was proven to be false. Uh, you know, you look at the CCP and, uh, and what they're doing and all of the contacts that uh, Joe Biden has had, his family has had, and the, national, the real national security threat is Hunter Biden and his relationships with, uh, with our adversaries and his business dealings and how Joe Biden himself was involved in that seemingly. Uh, so this is something that we have to take serious. And I hope people um, take this into consideration when they go to vote, uh, because this election absolutely matters. And I, I promise that I will do everything I can to hold the GOP conference accountable when we are in the majority and make sure that we are taking um, measurable actions uh, that the American people can be proud that they put us in office, put us in a majority to, to do something. Um, I, I'm not uh, afraid to take on my, my own party if they are not doing what we promised the American people to do. Hey, Monica, um, real quick, want to just read a statement that Bree posted by Governor DeSantis. He okay. said the raid of Mar-a-Lago of Mar is another escalation in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents, while people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves. Now the regime is getting another 87,000 IRS agents to wield against its adversaries. Banana Republic. Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, the, it, listen, the hyperbolic rhetoric uh, we're finding is 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 no longer hyperbolic, right? And and it's it's not even rhetoric. It is fact. It is what's happening. And for the record, I am, as I stated at the onset of this uh, broadcast, I, I am recording this. So for those who are on Twitter. Uh, accusing everyone in this space of calling for violence. That is an abject lie, and I do have my evidence right here in my home. So that is not my brand. That is not what we do in my spaces, period. So uh, we are having a very sober conversation, and uh, I agree with Governor DeSantis. I mean, listen, from um, from mutilating our children 
right, to the abject godlessness that we see happening around uh, the country and really the globe. I mean, nothing should surprise us at this point. And, uh, and it is an escalation, right? And, and that's what concerns me, is that it is an escalation, and I am paying attention to the rhetoric online, which is why I consistently call for people to just bring it down. You have to understand what the end game is with these guys. And, and Lauren's right. They do. And I, that was the title of our space last night, Chris. Your government hates you. And, and that also is not hyperbolic rhetoric. Hey, please, someone explain to me why anyone in the, uh, IR, in the internal revenue service needs to be armed with a weapon. Can any of you on the panel answer that question? Because they're robbing you. Because the FBI is too busy raiding the president's home. In- income tax is armed robbery. The government has a stake in your life. If you don't pay, men with guns will come to your house. They'll deprive you of your liberty, your livelihood, your home, your business. In my business of criminal defense, we call that armed robbery. And then the government does it. It's called income tax. So, yeah, if you don't pay, bad things are going to happen to you. You know, um, one of the things I, that I, I read this, and, and, I, and it dawned on me because I didn't really – realize it until I took a step back. If you look at Peter Navarro, you look at Steve Bannon, you look at what's happening to Trump right now. These guys are the loudest adversaries to China and they're being held at gunpoint or their families are being held at gunpoint. You know, their, their places are being raided unnecessarily at gunpoint. Um, while other people who are cooperating with China, um, you know, we can talk about, um, you know, Congressman um, uh, Swalwell, you know, with the fang, fang, bang, bang. And, you know, um, uh, drivers that are Chinese spies on the Democratic side, the chair of the Intelligence Committee, um, Senator Feinstein. And, of course, we have the Hunter Biden with the obvious flagrant violations there. Um, What is what message is this sending that these folks who are the loudest against China are getting held up with (laughs) armed FBI agents? Corrupt. And, and I think the, the other, uh, oh, wow, Kevin McCarthy just said, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. Uh, I, I, who put, put that tweet up? Uh, <laughs> that's apparently, so Representative Boebert, it turns out we found out we're going we're gonna to get our investigation. Okay. Um, yeah, that's just breaking, Will. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, gosh, I, I lost my train of thought. That seems like a more important piece of news. I don't remember what the question was. So do you think, well, let's, let's, let's pivot to that real quick, Will, because this is all happening in real time. So guys, um, for everybody who's in the space, um, if you can please hit that little circle and plus and share it to your feed. We have, um, you know, Will Chamberlain here. We have uh, Congresswoman um, Boebert. We have Eric Matheny. We have other folks that are in the room that can, would gladly, you know, if they want to request and come up, um, like uh, Steve Cortez and we have Ryan. Um, we have um, Scott Pressler. I mean, we have other folks in the room. Um, we would gladly have you up, but, um, you know, on that point though, Will, you've been someone who's been very vocal that when these folks take over, when the Republicans, Lord willing, win this election and this midterm election, um, and they take the majority, um, they better act on, a, on several key things. This obviously being an escalation. I know your one of your standards was our, our internet freedoms, our internet bill of rights, but now we have this situation taking place. What's your faith in this going forward and these guys actually making this happen? 
Well, I think I'm a little more optimistic than I might be with any particular piece of legislation, let's say, because there's no there's no special interest that's going to lobby against it. And, you know, we're not trying to go against some entrenched thing about Republicans. And also, it's it's you know, I think one of the things that people underestimate, and you know, maybe this is a white pill, but Kevin McCarthy has been really disrespected by the Democrats, like really, really personally disrespected. Think about um, what happened when in the formation of the January 6th commission when. You know, McCarthy appointed, I think, uh, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks and um, Pelosi just spit in his face. And so, you know, I mean, there's none of that comedy. I think I think Kevin McCarthy is rightly very angry at the Democrats. And, and so I expect that, you know, when it comes to things like these investigations and making sure that the Democrats are humiliated and um, things, you know, over the next couple of years, I think he, he, he can be counted on for that. Now, whether he can be counted on for any particular piece of big tech legislation that's much more questionable, but you know I, I'm optimistic that he, he's dead serious about this. This is this isn't just disrespectful to him or any particular you know constituency of Republicans. It's disrespectful to the entire party and his entire constituency. So I, I expect that I'm actually I'm, I have a white pill here. I mean, if we win the House, I expect these investigations to happen, and I expect them to be very very serious. Congresswoman. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, Lauren, give me one second. So just to kind of reset here, you guys are welcome to DM me or Chris with questions. I think that might be probably the best uh, route just for expediency sake. And I, and I want to be mindful of everyone's time who's actually up here in this panel position. Um, and I don't want to, I don't have enough microphones. I see a lot of you wanting to come up and I respect that. And we will get to that later in the evening. Uh, but if you're welcome to DM questions, and I know one of the questions that I have right now is can you ask if the elections would be stopped if President Trump is arrested both midterm and presidential? I see no reason for that. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine the legal authority they'd use. So, no. Yeah, I can't imagine that either. And, uh, Monica, I, I'm happy to free up a microphone for you, too, um, so, if, so some other folks can come on here. But uh, I, I'm very excited. I, I retweeted. Leader McCarthy, um, his tweet, I, I might frame that and hang that in my congressional office um, and uh, have a, a visual reminder of that each and every day that I'm in Washington, D.C. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, 2023 more and more every minute. Uh, the Democrats have overplayed their hand. They are desperate. They are uh, trying uh, so hard to distract the American people into this useless nonsense um, uh, that that they are causing. Um, so people aren't paying attention to to what's happening in their local communities. Um, but this is what's driving people to the polls. I, I do believe that we'll we'll have elections. Um, but, uh, Monica, I'll free up a microphone for you guys. Thank you so much for having me on this evening. Uh, it was an honor to talk with you guys. Uh, there was a lot of insight on here. Uh, thank you for all of your, uh, your wonderful bright minds, um, sharing insight into the legality of this and just this unprecedented nature against president Trump. And, uh, please be praying for him, be praying for his family. They have gone through so much our country needs Jesus right now. And uh, there, there's so much that, that we need to just humble ourselves and repent for and really begin to turn our hearts back towards the Lord. Um, it's not going to be another piece of legislation that saves America. It's going to be God. Uh, we still have amazing victories that are taking place. 
the, with the Supreme Court, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, Second Amendment rights um, being upheld, uh, the religious liberties, um, even the, the EPA effectively destroying the Green New Deal. So we still have some victories and we still have hope. I would not leave my four boys and my husband every single day to do what I'm doing if I didn't th believe in America and the American people to turn this around. So thanks so much for having me on, Monica. Absolutely. And I'll talk with you soon. Lauren, thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you. Monica, yeah. if I could. It's yeah, absolutely. Steve Cortez here. Thank you so much for inviting uh, sure, me up. Thank you for hosting this. You know, listen, I just want to bring a perspective of somebody who's primarily a campaigner, since you've gotten a lot of fantastic legal analysis from Will. We got uh, from the Congresswoman Boebert, great, you know, uh, uh, perspective from an elected official as somebody who comes mainly from the campaign side of things you know i would suggest to the audience that not only is this an assault on our republic on the processes and precedents of the republic and it certainly is that but it is also actually uh, a sign of incredible weakness from joe biden and from the democrats and what i mean by that is that they clearly see that donald trump is the foremost threat to them for 2024 and given that weakness as a tactical measure in my view i think donald trump you know is clearly on his way to running anyway uh, i will suggest to him that he now announced they have raised the ante he should meet that ante and then up it some uh, and i think the, the right way to do that tactically uh is to announce his candidacy as soon as possible and i mean tomorrow or you know as soon as it's practicable to announce his candidacy in other well, words let's up the ante i really believe that would be the right tactical well, Steve, move it would also be right for our country i agree with that but let me ask you this with regard to his candidacy and you know the rnc has come out and said hey by the way fun fact if you announce we're no longer going to pay for your legal bills. So considering what he's facing right now, you know, right. he to me, it's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen in another. I mean, this is clearly your wheelhouse and, and will, you know, I, I don't know what you guys think about that, but you know, that does pose a problem if he, right. yeah. So can you speak to that, please? No, for sure. Listen, there are financial considerations. Also, his access to his PAC money, which, you know, is now basically, you know, at his disposal, given that he is not a candidate. So there are there are costs, you know, literal costs right to him entering the fray. But I also think that the benefits will far outweigh the costs. I believe that the American people, particularly the deplorables, will be so uh, properly outraged and so motivated by this. Right. I mean, we can't just be outraged. We have to be outraged plus motivation. Right. Plus action that I have no doubt on the on the financial side. It can actually be a windfall for him, uh, if anything. So, uh, yes, it is a consideration to be sure, uh, but I believe it's one that, on the you know, on the cost-benefit analysis ratio, pales compared to the to the gains that can be made, both tactically for the president, but then also just patriotically for our country. I think it, it makes sense for him to stand up and say, "I am not powerless in this situation, right? I am not just an ex-president; I am a future president, right?" And I, and to to make that formal, I am now declaring my candidacy. Right. Uh, so I, I think that that would be uh, that would be my advice to him. Will he take it? I don't know. Uh, but that will be my advice to President Trump. And I think it would be not just good for him, but good for the country. I agree with you, uh, Chris. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm, we have said this, Monica. I mean, we've said this for months, months and months um, that this was going to eventually come. Um, they have, you know, obviously when you try to usher in Marxism, you cannot usher that in without taking down, historically speaking, throughout Latin America and other areas, without taking down your your main opposition's political leader, right? And um, and so I'm curious about your guys' take, um, Steve and Will, on the political side. Both of you guys are, are so very savvy. Um, with his numbers in the tank in ways that are historic, um, 
this was clearly a sign of desperation. What does that kind of mean for the midterm elections, um, given this situation is obviously historic escalation. Um, we've seen the Latino numbers, Steve. We've seen the, you know, even the African-American numbers um, in, in polling where our country is. What do you see um, happening in the next 90 days? Well, listen, I, regarding, let me just first uh, put a number behind that, the Latino move, because I think it is so significant. CBS uh, polling just put out, and it's generic uh, poll, just do you want a Republican or a Democrat to represent you in the Congress? Uh, it is 40, among Hispanics in the United States right now, is 42% uh, Republican among Hispanics, 45% Democratic, and that is within their margin of error, so effectively a tie. To put that in context, four years ago in the 2018 midterms, it was plus 40 for the Democrats among Hispanics. So that is an absolutely seismic shift. I mean, it's truly a political earthquake in four years to move 40 percentage points to effectively a tie. I think the Democrats realize that, and I think that they are uh, as unethical and dishonest as they are. They are smart enough and politically savvy enough to realize that uh, the ruling class and what corporate media view as being huge gains for them in sort of Washington, D.C., all of those pale in comparison to the inflation, which is just gripping this nation. Um, and I think they are savvy enough to know that, hence desperate moves like like today, uh, because they know that they are so behind the eight ball on what I refer to as, as the two eyes, the, the two issues that really matter to the, to the voters this year, which are inflation and immigration. And I think on both of those major created crises of the Biden administration and Democratic rule of Congress, they know uh, what a terrible position they're in, what a political corner they're in. And this is really, I view it as a Hail Mary type attempt to try to divert, uh, to try ultimately to, of course, indict Trump. I mean, I do think that is clearly their end game. But what I'm saying is Trump, uh, it's difficult when you're not actually in office, right? Trump has enormous political power because of his platform and because of his influence and his reputation, just who he is, right? But he has no tangible political power. I think the second he officially enters the fray, that calculus starts to change significantly. And so that's why... I believe that the right answer to this tactic, which, again, I think is actual desperation, right? I mean, it's, on its face, it looks strong. Oh, dozens of armed FBI agents, you know, raiding the home, right? But in reality, behind the curtain, it's abject weakness because of their political blunders um, and their vulnerability and because they see Trump, you know, as their clear adversary. So, you know, again, I, if, if they see it that way, I guess to an extent, let's go ahead and ratify their fears, in my view, by Trump uh, officially announcing as soon as possible. I agree. So to the to the legal minds, Will, uh, Steve, Eric. So it's you know, let's say he's indicted. You know, Julie Kelly, uh, many of my colleagues believe that that's that is that is imminent an, an indictment is imminent, uh, whether or not it's legitimate or, you know, it'll stick. Who knows? But but that's it's imminent. So can you guys allay some of the fears and educate, you know, some of. Uh, my audience who's like, oh, my God, if he's indicted, he can't run or, you know, what does it mean or we're not going to have an election? You know, can you kind of walk through the process of that? And can he actually be on the ballot uh, even with an indictment? Sure. I mean, I, I need to read up more on the law to be really confident in this assessment. But the basic one that I've seen that actually does sound right to me is the fact that, you know, Congress doesn't get to set the rules for who, who's president or not. That's set by the Constitution. So they don't get to usurp their own rules. So. You know, Congress passing a statute and saying violating the statute means you can't be president. Um, I don't think that flies. <clears throat> um, in terms of you know political calculations, I know Steve was talking about that. I I probably disagree, but I I mean I need to get out of here, so I don't want to have a, a labor of debate with Steve. 
<clears throat> I'd like to see him wait until after the midterms. I think the midterms, I think right now, even if Republicans aren't like necessarily the most pro-Trump, every Republican is going to be infuriated by this action, um, you know, in the same way that they were infuriated by the impeachment, even more so in this case. You don't have to think like, oh, Trump is the guy for 2024 to think that it's an absolute outrage that the, the prior president is being investigated by the current Department of Justice. And so I think this is essentially this is a thing that can unify Republicans and really motivate them to get to the polls in a way that even more so than, say, something like Dobbs and the abortion case might have done for Democrats. Like, I always thought that, that was going to be demoralizing for them because it's an it's an indictment of how weak their Congress, you know, their legislature is. that They couldn't protect them from losing a row but this is different this is like democrats are attacking you they're attacking republicans they're they're breaking every rule in existence and the way we fight back is we retake political power and punish them for it i think you know this is this is a very big political miscalculation from from the democrats i think we'll take over and with that i gotta roll out so uh hey will you guys thank will, you so you much know, for being here with us will i really appreciate you for sure hey will we would love to be able to have you on at some point um to talk about the internet accountability project I think that's going to be a super important thing coming up here um, with hopefully this new majority. And we just appreciate, I just appreciate you taking some time out of your day. I know you're, you guys are a brand new dad and, um, and you know, your amazing wife is, is, I hope she's doing well and you guys are just awesome. Thank you so much for taking time. Will. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, Chris, do you have, um, I'm just going through some of the, uh, okay, great. Eric's back with us. Uh, just going through some of the, uh, questions over here again, if you guys would like to submit your questions, it's probably easier at this point. I'm happy to go over them. You can submit them to, um, either my account or Chris's and, uh, happy to uh, volley those questions. Um, how can the American people have faith in the next election after what happened in 2020 and globally, this is the WEF's, uh, goal. Is it uh, their goal? Communism, or one world order. We can't deny that any longer after today. All right. So, so now we're getting over into another, uh, you know, but again, you know, a, a lot of us are talking heads, you know, we're politicos. There's this, this different conversation that goes on, but, but this, one of the things I like to do in my spaces and with my show is bridge and, and bridge the talking heads with the actual people who are consuming, you know, what we're, what we're, uh, what we're feeding folks and, and kind of bring that down into more of a, you know, a, a, a bite-sized piece of, okay, what I want to do is allay uh, fears, conspiracies, you know, anger, rage, wrath, all of that so that people can be sober-minded. You absolutely should be passionate about what is occurring and you should be in constant contact with your respective elected, uh, quote, servants, uh, because that is your responsibility, Right. Sitting on Twitter and coming into spaces and whatnot is fantastic. But that is that is if that's as far as the buck stops, that's abdication of your actual authority in this country. So as much as, you know, the Marxist regime would love for you to think that you do know you no longer have authority, you no longer have political, quote, autonomy, as it were, as a, as a sovereign, you know, nation and voter, legal voter. I want to encourage you. This is the time to get engaged and to actually get off of social media with all of your hyperbolic rhetoric and, you know, get engaged with people who are actually just like Representative Bobert and others contact, you know, your congressmen and women and, uh, you know, have the hard conversations that you need to have. Also, no matter what happens, no matter what lack of faith you have in the election grid, you have to get out and vote. I I mean, I, I cannot stress that enough. You have to show up and I'm encouraging everyone to show up. 
like forget this whole absentee ballot business. You know, unless you're at death's door, you need to show up and vote in person. That that's just my my plug for the elections. But um, I think I have a couple of other uh, questions. But Eric, are you back with us, sir? I am right here. Thank you so much. Hey guys. Um, so we have for those in the room, if you'll please hit the share button down there in the bottom right. Um, of course, let me just take a moment to say, please follow um, Monica Matthews, um, you know, monicamatthews.com. You can also support her on her website, um, you know, through she's not on um, Patreon or anything. She goes directly through her website. So make sure you support her. She's doing amazing stuff. Um, we uh, obviously I would love it, you know, if you would follow me, uh, you know, here. And then, of course, we have um, Bree with Epic Times. Um, we have um, Steve Cortez at stevecortez.substack.com legendary um, political commentator and analyst and consultant. And we have Eric Matheny at Patreon at slash Bob and Patreon.com slash Bob and Eric support these folks. Um, They're doing awesome stuff out there uh, for America. And we have some other people in the crowd that I hope that will come up here at some point and speak um, and talk. Um, Go ahead, Monica. Oh no, I'm just, I'm Monica. Yeah, go for it. Can I make a point on that last question? Yeah, of course. The audience, please, because I will tell you, I've been I've been campaigning all over the country. I've been honored to campaign on behalf of real America first candidates who are running for governor and Senate and House all over this country. And I hear from patriots everywhere. It's a very understandable, you know, hesitation or even objection. Right. Where they say uh, the vote's tainted. It won't count. Uh, I don't believe in it. And so I just would like to you know, address that. I listen. I agree that we have extremely flawed processes all over the country, clearly. And we need to go to a place of of game day voting with exceptions for very serious Reasons like hospitalization or military deployment, we need to go to game day voting, uh, stringent voter ID, and paper ballots, okay? But until we get there, what I want to, to tell people to encourage them, and I'm not being Pollyanna here because the, the processes are flawed. However, I firmly believe that if we have enough eyes on the process, you know, Monica, you mentioned going in person to vote. I'd like to ask people to do even more than that. Go in person to observe the process. PreachingStrategies.com is critical. Put your own name on the ballot. If your own name's not on the ballot, please be an election judge. Be a poll watcher. It's incredibly important to have eyes on the process. And what I give people as a, as a valid reason, I think, to be hopeful is what happened last year in the off-year elections in New Jersey and Virginia, two extremely blue states. Uh, in Virginia, that state went from, in 2017, because they're in odd-year elections, they went from 2017 to 2021 in terms of percentage of volunteer election day positions being filled from 30% in 17 to 95% in 2021, largely because of PreachingStrategies.com and also just because of the uh, the motivation and the, and the uh, animism that is out there among the patriots to say we are going to have eyes on this process. I believe that's a critical reason why even in a blue Commonwealth of Virginia, not just Yunkin won, but the entire Republican slate won and real America first Republicans, not milk toast, you know, Jeb Bush types. Uh, but could they have won without 95% of those positions filled? Perhaps not. Even in New Jersey, which might be the bluest state in America, Governor Murphy, one of the worst governors in America, one of the most tyrannical lockdown governors in America, he got a heck of a scare. He held on, but barely. That tells me, again, with eyes on the process, even in, in very corrupt blue New Jersey, the election was, I'm not going to say it was clean, but it was clean enough. And so I would like to encourage the patriots out there uh, to participate and, and not just vote yourself in person, do that, but do that plus. And if we do that in 2022, I think it's enough within a flawed system to make it accurate enough to get the right people elected to then fix the system. 
so that for 2024, we have elections all of us can believe in and all of us can count on. And I guess I would also say this, and I don't mean this to sound cynical, although it may, but I would also say, well, what's your alternative? You know, it's sort of it's sort of like Pascal's wager, right? Like, well, you might as well believe because the alternative is to do nothing, right? And then just suffer the consequences and, and be utterly powerless. So even if you don't have confidence in the system, and again, I, I agree the system's flawed, but with enough eyes on the process, I think we can make it work for this election. Uh, that's the way to for us to elect the right people who will then fix the system sure. for 2024. And Steve, to your point, and those are great points, and I, I 100% agree with you. To your point, you know that the you know that's the way to go, right? Because because you've heard you've heard the left and and their talking heads attempting to criminalize uh, the work of people like Scott Pressler, who is in the room, uh, and others. Right, who who are saying exactly what you're saying, Virginians for America first. You know, I spent the majority of my 2021 in Virginia, and those guys just killed it. Like they 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 put together a task force of just everyday voters who were like, "Wait a minute, how did we get this position again?" You know, and found themselves working and watching and uh, you know uh, recording in real time. Uh, you know, anything that could have been criminal or illegal, you know, holding people's feet to the fire uh, and ultimately just purged a lot of the the lopsidedness, if you will, of people who are actually working uh, as precinct captains, as precinct managers, as, you know, poll workers, poll watchers, all of that, you know, very important. Yes, 1000% people get involved to the extent that you can. Um, it, this is sure we all have this looming sense of, okay, how broken is this election? grid but you know without the involvement and i think virginia is a prime example of that those guys nailed it and for that entire ticket to have turned red no matter what you think of yunkin or anyone else at this point but for that state to have turned red to the extent that it did to me that is uh that rests solely uh on the laurels of of the people because that would not have happened otherwise. Granted, I think you had some great candidates to choose from. But uh, also, you know, keep in mind that parents made that happen. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, a, a you're talking about going after people's kids, right? And if you were ever going to be a one-issue, uh, you know, ticket holder or someone who would get involved, you know, let it, sure, we've got inflation, we've got this, we've got that, but you have an entire party of people uh, who are hell-bent on coming for the next generation in a myriad of manners, you know, and so let that be your motivation for getting involved. But to your point, Steve, I think, yes, that anytime the left attempts to criminalize people engaging the lawful constitutional process of elections, you you know you're on the right path. Hey, Monica, um, it's Bree, and I, yeah. I wanted to offer my, my spot here on stage to Scott Pressler if he wants to come up. Before um, I do, I just wanted to make a, a note that, um, you know, based off of the, the question on um, disinformation and conspiracy theory, uh, one of the things with my background um, as a naval officer that, that worked in this area, um, I, you know, I think one of the things that I would just encourage people is to hold the press accountable as we are your weapons, the weapons of the people. We are here to inform you uh, with evidence and uh, and not form your opinions for you. And why that's really important at this time is that the intent for bad actors in situations like this, in high pressure situations, 
bad actors from outside our country as within as uh, you know well as within potentially uh, is to take instability and to exasperate it and to manipulate it and to in order to to unstabilize and so what I'm hearing from you uh, and from Steve and what we've seen with Scott on the ground it has been this an intent to say uh, especially after January 6 look we need lessons learned here um, and and the populace both left and right really need to to pause and think about how um, messaging is being controlled uh, and and how it's uh, it's causing people to not use their critical thinking but rather reactionary and that's exactly where bad actors want you to be so um, with that I wanted to uh, offer up my my space um, for Scott Kressler if he wants to come up well thank you Bree you know I'm thinking some people may have questions for you and Scott I have sent you a microphone a couple of times if you'd like to come up sometimes he's in the middle of something and so he's just kind of like listening peripherally but you're welcome to come up sir you know that you're always welcome in my spaces uh Emma did you have a question and Brie listen you hold on one second Brie I just I hold on Um, one sec hold hold on Brie thank you Thank you very much for, for, for saying that. And, and I, and I also want to thank you for, um, for being such a, just like Lauren, you know, for being a, for being a banner for your, for our industry. I'm not a journalist. I'm a commentator, but, but I, and we have a lot of great people in the space right now who do serve and and it is a service. It is a service. Anyone giving information, particularly who are, you know, uh, seeking after truth, um, kudos to all of you who are in this space. And, and I don't care if you're on the left or the right, you know, if you're doing your job and you are honoring and serving the American people, um, then good for you. You're, you're welcome here. But I do want to, I want to publicly thank you again. I always, you know, sing your praises, but because you're in this space tonight, there are a lot of people listening and watching. Uh, I do encourage you to please follow Brie and her work. She is consistently shadow banned on Twitter, like most of us are. Uh, but her work is very important. And, you know, as someone who comes out of the DOD, um, and someone who, you know, I consider a sister in Christ, uh, I just want to thank you very much for your level of integrity and for caring for us, you know, as a nation with your work. Thank you, Monica. And I do consider a continued service and I really appreciate your words. I'm very humbled. Thank you. Um, Monica, before we get to Emma really quick, um, we do have a number of blue check reporters in the room down at the bottom. You know, Brie, you touched on a, on a, on a huge uh, controversial topic right now, which is crazy that it's even controversial. You and I both agree on everything that you're talking about here, but it's ethics and reporting, ethics and journalism. There's a lot of folks, some of which are in the room, some of which are not in the room, that are really mad and, and hurt, have hurt feelings over the way Donald Trump treated them on Twitter, which eventually led to his banning. But there's a really easy solution to this, Monica, and I, and I would encourage the people in the room to go ahead and pull out their phone down there and Google um, the Society of Professional Journalism. And they have a PDF, which is a code of ethics, that talks about ethics and journalism. And it's pretty simple. There, this used to be kind of the standard. I just don't understand why these reporters um, that want to be taken credible in this situation don't sign that code of ethics or publicly take a, pu- a pledge of the code of ethics and then incorporate that into their reporting so that the readership can build back trust in our journalism. Wouldn't you agree that's a pretty simple solution? I, I, um, you know, I don't know if you were asking me, but I, I do think many of my fellow journalists, um, do take their job, uh, very seriously. 
Um, and, and sadly, there have been some who have really kind of muddied the water or become um, you know, flies in the ointment, so to speak. Um, but I do know that a lot of journalists, whether um, you know, politically left-leaning or right-leaning, are really inter interested in the story. Um, and, and I would just encourage my, my colleagues to um, stay the course. And it is a service. We, we serve the people. Uh, we serve the truth. Um, and our intent is to uh, inform people to make decisions, good decisions. And we have to hold our elected leaders accountable. And the only way that that's really going to have any effect is if we ourselves hold each other accountable. So um, I, I highly um, recommend uh, to those who, who follow me to hold me accountable uh, to the truth and to provide corrections if necessary. And I think that um, for those of us uh, in journalism, we um, it, it can be difficult to say that we're wrong, um, especially we're, if we're on the byline. But it adds to our credibility in the long, uh, long uh, term if we are able to hold ourselves accountable and uh, we could do so in a civil way. So I, I just encourage my um, my fellow colleagues uh, to stay the course in that. Yeah, and 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 here's the thing: is I have great respect for journalists, um, tremendous respect for journalists. I think journalism, true journalism, is the bedrock of any democracy, right? Because you shouldn't have a side, a quote side. You shouldn't have a quote opinion unless you want to be an editorialist, right? You should just report and hold both sides accountable to the same standards. But when you have these clear stories of Hunter Biden that were per, that were purged and blacklisted as Russian disinformation, and you have these other stories that are taking place that don't get any coverage except for the Daily Mail in the UK or right-wing coverage or whatever, so-called right-wing coverage, whatever. I think we all understand what I'm saying here. The mainstream folks down here that cover down, some of which are in the room, they're not covering it. And, and for me, I think it's a huge disservice to not hold the other side politically accountable just equally. I don't care if it's Donald Trump or whoever the heck else, you know, Hillary Clinton, whoever, they should be holding them accountable. And I don't see that happening. And I think that's building to the frustration that's taking place at this point, at this point, which has now escalated tremendously with the, in, with the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Uh, I think the tensions were already so high. Um, Emma, go ahead. Yeah, so now I wanted to speak to you um, a little bit about what Bree was speaking and um, and for the Epic Times itself, because Epic Times is, in my in my opinion and from my reading of it, the one of the most and only few <laughs> honest um, reporting, you know, firms out there. And I read recently that they were being censored on Twitter, all, all of their stuff, which is highly concerning to me. It was like the one the one the one place where you can get the truth now Twitter is going to censor. Um, and so Brie, I'm sure you've dealt with the struggle and I'm, and I'm, I think it's, it's, that's what we should talk, should be talking about because we can never fix this problem unless we get loud about what Twitter's doing. Cause if Twitter can shut us all up, then we, we have little platform to go for, you know? And uh, yeah, so I, I wish you the best Brie and I, and I want to thank you as well. Thank you, Thanks, Emma. Emma. Yeah, that uh, that did happen, um, Monica. That uh, the uh, mm -hmm. Epoch Times has uh, been censored. Uh, I know that most of my fellow journalists at Epoch 
um, have also uh, seen our accounts really um, shadow banned and, and rate blocked. But I will say, uh, one of the things that uh, people should realize is that, um, you know, uh, there will be pundits will come out and say the founding um, members of Epoch uh, were part of some kind of cult or whatnot. I want people to just realize that these were people from China who were targeted by the CCP. They were in a different religion, fine, but um, they came to the United States and said, we have to fight fire with fire. We have to have excellence in, in journalism and, and in reporting. And Epoch is one of the only outlets still reporting in Hong Kong right now. Uh, we know that Apple Daily and others, uh, the editors of Al Apple Daily, have found themselves in jail, in prison now, uh, for writing on pro-democracy. Epoch, ha we had our offices um, raided by the CCP, but journalists there are um, disaggregated and are still reporting. So it is really important to hold um, journalists accountable. It is uh, good to question, hey, where's the foundation? Where's the ideology behind that? Um, but also understand that most of us at Epoch are freelance or are working as, as um, you know, correspondents. And you can ask us questions. Um, most of us will reply. Uh, we're interested in serving the truth. Uh, okay. So I'm just fielding some uh, questions. And... Um... So it looks like we brought a couple of folks up, yeah. Monica, and so we're going to bring some people up um, to ask some questions, and they've been waiting very patiently. Um, guys, you know the rules. I think a lot of these folks who, who are here um, are, are regulars, but we also have a lot of folks who are new to our space. So when you do come up, please put your, you know, your mic on mute and raise your hand. We're not going to be doing any cursing or none of that, none of that stuff, and we're going to keep it pretty short because we do have a lot of people who have requested 20-something yeah. people or whatever um, currently. Um, but it, you can be so kind. Um, Monica, yeah. we should probably take a moment here to say that the, the world has changed significantly in yeah. the last year and a half and the economy and the stock market has cra has been really crashing to many, to, to, you know, by according sure. to many, we're, we're in a, at a traditional recession, even though they've changed the Wikipedia definition, just like they did vaccines and other things in the past, they've now changed re recession definition. Yeah. There is other options out there for folks who do have their retirements that are bleeding, Monica. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you, Chris. Yes, you can go to MonicaProtectsWithGold.com. Uh, I'm a very proud uh, affiliate of Gold Co. So, yes. Uh, and there are many of you in the space this evening who are in the financial. I see Tara Bowles in here with us, and she's also been a co-host in one of my spaces. Emma, as well, uh, the financial queens in my spaces. Uh, yes, it is, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. Don't pretend to be one on the air. Uh, but I'm someone who, you know, can see whenever it's raining outside, it's storming. It is something to pay attention to. You've had over $3 trillion, actually. Uh, just this year, it's been reported that over $3 trillion out of retirement uh, funds have been depleted. So I'm encouraging people to take a look at MonicaProtectsWithGold.com um, and, you know, inquire, make your own grown-up decisions about your own finances and how you can shelter during these crazy times. You know, I also want to encourage you guys, um, you know, I've, I'm getting DMs from others about, you know, the FBI is in my space, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no stranger to that. And, and here's the thing. Here's something else that really bothers me. There was a time, you know, I grew up in this country when these agencies and, and the, this other branch of government uh, was respected. 
right? And we and we saw these agencies and bureaus as us, right? And the thing that the in protectors, not all of you. I know there are some of you who are like, well, you're nuts. You know, I've never trusted them, and that's fine. But I grew up differently, and so I grew up to respect authority. I I, I grew up with a you know a World War II veteran who you know served this country well. And, you know, I come from a family of veterans. And so I, I'm grieved by this. Like, I think it's important for people to realize that your anger, a lot of times, just below that anger, and I'm not trying to play head shrinker, but I am a minister, just below that anger is an enormous wealth of, of grief. And it's really important to honor that. It is sad. It is grievous what we're seeing happen to our country in the name of politics, but it's not uncommon to man. It's not uncommon to politics. It's not uncommon to governance. And if we thought we were going to get out of this, uh, you know, continuing evolution as a sovereign nation without some form of, you know, just iron sharpening iron during these times, um, then, then we're naive as a nation. Right. I mean, we have a lot of resources. Our peoples are, our peoples are, you guys are our greatest resource. You just are. And so please keep that in mind when you're online and you are very tempted to spew things that could get you in trouble, that could get you banned. Your voice is really important. That's why I host these spaces. So not to trap you, not as a honeypot, but I want to bring you guys in so you can hear sober-minded people. You can see there are still great people in the legal world and, and you know, in, in journalism uh, and as politicos, people who genuinely want this country to thrive. And so I want to encourage you. I'm not afraid of the FBI being in my space. You guys are welcome. No one in this space is doing anything nuts because that's not what we do here. So hopefully, you know, there'll be some growth and I'd love to get back to a place where sure the, you know, these agencies need to be cleaned and people need to be held accountable because that's who we are as a nation, not because I'm a Republican or a conservative, but we're a nation of laws. And so I'd love to see us get back to a place where we can actually have some semblance of trust. But, you know, at this point, I hear you. And, and I, I hear the tempers, I hear the grief, I hear all of that, but it is important to really honor that I, you know, that God's wired us to grieve over lawlessness. And that really is what we're dealing with right now. So just take a breath, exhale, be mindful of the conversations you're having with people. Um, you know, and all right there, I'm done. There's my soapbox. Okay. So any other questions you guys are welcome to send my way. And I think we're going with, uh, Leon, go ahead, Chris. Monica, you um, have an awesome soapbox by the way. And you know, I love what you're saying. You, um, everyone needs to go to Monica and follow Monica. Um, make sure you support her efforts. Um, and if you'd be so kind as to um, follow me as well, um, we have some people that we are bringing up to speak. Um, but we also have, uh, as a guest in here, Eric Matheny. If you have questions for Eric, you know, he's a great legal mind, um, great political mind. Um, we have Bree from the Epic Times up here. We have um, other folks in the room that w- we would gladly love to come up here, like Scott Pressler and Ryan. And, of course, Steve, if Steve, you dropped out, if you want to come back up, just shoot a request up real quick, Steve, and we'll bring you right back up because we'd love to have you up here. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're going to go to um, we're going to go to Leonidas. We're going to go to Medi. And then we're going to go to um, 
corn pop. Okay. And then I'm going to bring 10 up here real quick too. Yeah. And hey, and I do want to be mindful of Eric's time and, and Eric, you know, if you guys are not following Eric and his shows, you need to. Um, but you know, if you have legal questions, this is the time to do it. That is not my wheelhouse. That is Eric's. So please, you know, uh, utilize that space or utilize this space for those types of questions and please keep it brief. Um, you guys are welcome to sound off about how you're thinking or feeling, but I prefer to keep it, you know, to questions that, uh, that people can answer for you. Thank you. Okay, we're Great. gonna go. Eric, do you have time to field these qu- some questions? Yeah, I sure do. Great, cool. perfect. Thank you, sir, for your time. All right, go ahead, Leon. Leon, yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Monica, for having this space and granting me a mic. I really appreciate it. And it's, uh, I just, I guess, my main question is is towards Eric. Um, you know, we heard Representative uh, Bobert uh, talk about the investigations, and and I can't remember who we had somebody in the room earlier, Monica, who was talking about you know, we need to spend the next two years on investigations that we're not going to get any legislation passed, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I get that. I would like to see some progress made on legislation that actually helps the American people. I think the question to Eric is this, um, and I'm going to try to frame it the best I can. Obviously the left doesn't play by any rules. Obviously this is inspired by, I think like Saul Linsky type principles of sowing chaos in the nation um, of you know, identifying a target, isolating it. I mean, if you re- read the rules for radicals, this is playing out exactly um, the way rules of radicals, rules for radicals, spells it out. Um, I think we need to find out if we're going to do investigations. We need to find the root cause. Who's uh, you know, besides Soros and Obama and whoever else, we need to find out who is behind this. So the question for Eric is this: If we have these investigations. How can we, the American people, I'm just speaking as an average American male, average American man, how can we trust that, A, justice will be served? In other words, anybody who's been subverting the will of the people, um, that they're going to be brought to justice, and we're actually going to see it. Because all we've seen for years and years is endless investigations that don't accomplish anything. And so... Um, that's my concern that we have these investigations for two years. Nothing comes out of it. Nobody's indicted. Nobody's sent to prison. We know that there's going to be guilty people on the other side. We know this for a fact. Um, the average American still knows that this election was stolen. We do not view this president as legitimate. Um, and so this, when I see this raid on Trump's residence, this was the raid of a president, uh, in his house. It was a raid of his safe. Um, this isn't a raid of a former president. I don't see it that way. So call me a radical, I guess, <laughs> if you want. But I see this as something that was this was an actual president who was raided um, and his rights were um, just discarded. And so and I think I think it was Eric or somebody who made the point, if they do this to President Trump, nothing is shielding them from us. The, you know, the little guy, the average guy. Right. So my question is, what mechanisms need to be put in place? How can we encourage the people coming into Congress, God willing, they're all elected and we take back the House and the Senate, that they actually, if they're going to conduct an investigation, there's going to be results from that investigation that the American people can see people going to jail for what they did to President Trump and the American people, and also an investigation on the stolen election. That's what's going to restore confidence and in the American public, as far as the vote, right? I, you know, this will inspire the vote for this November. 
But if our next election is stolen, um, or if this, if they, if they succeed in preventing Trump from being the nominee, I, I don't know what comes next. To be honest with you, yeah. so I'm just. That's my question to Eric: Is what do you see? What does Congress and the Senate need to actually get accomplished uh, in this? So thanks for the mic. I appreciate it. Well, you know, when I hear the word investigation, it's kind of like being called a racist. I roll my eyes. It's just kind of a tiresome word because how many investigations have we seen where nothing happens? So Congress is going to investigate. I'm going to get to the bottom of it and nothing happens. We need results. I want to see people being dragged out of their homes at three in the morning in their boxers. I want to see Hunter Biden with cocaine still around his nostrils being pulled out of the motel. We need to see that. We need to know that we have a justice system that works equally and across the board because if I or you or anybody in here did a fraction of what these people did, we'd have our lives taken from us. There are 87,000 new revenue agents that without probable cause or suspicion can just come to you and say, you're guilty. We're going to make your life living hell for the next three years. You're going to spend money you don't have. And ultimately you're going to settle because you're not big and powerful because this is a, a justice system that is not set up for people like you. There are people at the very top and you said it. The reason why we don't see these investigations go anywhere is because there are people on the right who are just as guilty. Was it, what is it that Hillary said? You know, we're all going to hang. I'm going to take down half of Washington with me. There are just as many conservatives that have been to Epstein Island as, as, Democrats. So to think it's a one-sided problem, it's not. If there's one thing Donald Trump did, uh, you know, for all his faults, if there's one thing that he did, he exposed us to a political world that we never knew. We never knew this. And the 2016 election was not a victory for the Republicans. I tell Republicans all the time, this was not a Republican victory. This was a rebuke of the entire party system. And we do need conservatives. And I draw the distinction between Republicans and conservatives. We need America first oriented conservatives. And if that means we have to primary people, if that means we need we need Congress people at some point willing to vote against their own interests and implement term limits, because, frankly, they've just been there too damn long. And, you know, humans are subject to greed. And, and over time, I think even decent people like I think Dan Crenshaw was a good guy who went there. I think, you know, D.C. got a hold of him. And he's not the same person that we elected. I think these these people with noble intentions get there and they're like, wow, this is really lucrative. You know, you want to talk about auditing. How do you go to Congress and make 174000 and you own six houses? How do you do that? How are you worth $200 million? Why are we auditing Mon Pa, whose restaurant makes $7,500 a month, but we're not touching any of these Congress people? So as long as we have this illusion in place, as long as – and I've worked in this justice system. This justice system is not – there. You can buy your way out of it. There's a different set of justice, a different set of rules for people at the top. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know, how much money you have, who you're giving money to, who your political candidate is. And we're seeing that with Trump. And I said it earlier, you took papers from the White House. That's a phone call. That's a that's a you know, senior agent or, or FBI lawyer giving a call to one of Trump's many lawyers saying, hey, does your client have these papers or can we arrange? Can we do, do something? Can we pick them up? Um, did, we did we lose Eric? That's easy. The reason they did it this way is they're sending a message to everybody that you do not challenge this government. Your boy Trump is not in power anymore. 
You deplorables, you horrible. Oh, I did you. I'm right here. Am I? Can... No, no, no. You're good. There was a yeah. delay. Yeah, you you were kind of uh, fading in and out on us. But go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, Eric, you're speaking too uh, good no, of truth, so, man. Just, Twitter to had, to, my point Twitter had to censor you. Uh oh, they they do that frequently. But just just to sum up my point, um, Biden administration and it's one big revenge tour on. I really think the way that we take this back is store uh, in these institutions because once you lose that. I don't know how you get that back. I don't know how you regain that. And I don't know how you have a country if you don't have faith in the most basic institutions. Eric, Eric, you know, we're talking about this and how could this happen to the president? But we could have never fathomed that there was like literal spying taking place in the Oval Office using by military contractors using um, technology that is highly classified and no one was held accountable for that yet. So why, why should we be shocked? Like, isn't it, it's, it's kind of crazy that this is where we're at right now. Right. It, it, it is crazy, but it, you know, we, we look at what happened to, you know, George Papadopoulos who's, who's a dear friend of mine who has been on my show a whole bunch of times. Just read his book. Listen to what happened to him. He got indicted. He got federally indicted because he couldn't remember sending an email. I don't remember what I had for breakfast. I don't remember what I did 10 minutes ago. And imagine you, you tell the FBI, oh, I didn't send an email on that day. And they say, oh, actually, you did. You lied to the FBI. You've just been indicted. Seeing things like that, that little nitpicking rogue prosecution that can happen to anybody, it, it completely erodes faith in the system. And I think one of the big mistakes that we've made on the right is that we haven't gone on the offensive. We're so good and we're so used to playing defense. That's why we're that's why you find conservatives are typically in the know when it comes to news and current events because we have to be because we're always on the defensive. The media is not on your side, big tech's not on your side, academia is not on your side, corporate America is not on your side. You're always on the defensive and always having to defend your position. We do that politically. When the riots broke out in the summer of 2020, we should have had a 2020 riot commission. We should what the January 6th commission, what the Democrats are doing right now is the playbook that we have to emulate. And that doesn't sit well with a lot of conservatives because you have a, a strong religious component. You have a lot of morals on this side, but we also have to realize the political fight or else you're going to lose your country. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hey, uh, FYI, for those of you who don't know, um, I, I cannot request to bring him in here because he has blocked me. <laughs> and that's fine. But uh, but Crypto and those guys are actually in front of Mar-a-Lago uh, with like a band of people uh, who are protesting. Um, apparently, they are peacefully protesting at the moment. There are pictures that people are sending me in DMs. Um, if, and, you know, Chris, if you can, if he wants to come or, you know, can Combine spaces and reports. Uh, they're welcome to do that in this space. Uh, but just a heads up, uh, there are people who are gathering apparently uh, in front of Mar Largo. Again, oh, I really hope that people just count to like 500 
right? I mean, this is, you got to keep your head about you. And Eric, you're spot on. I mean, you just are. It's, um, yeah, we're, we're forever playing uh, uh, defense and it's, it's a real tragedy. And things have been weaponized uh, against us, it, like, like legitimately weaponized against us. And you're right. You know, I, I, I'm menopausal. I have no idea what I did five minutes ago. So if someone puts me on in front of a steel table with one lamp, I'm going to be like, I honestly, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, scary, very scary times. You know, we've all watched movies about this growing up and now it's our actual existence. So, uh, Chris, who was next, sir? Um, so next up we have Medi. Thank you for letting me speak. I appreciate it. Uh, of course, there are so many great people in here. I won't even try to list any of them. Um, you know, we brought up ethics. And I, I think that that as just a plain American guy sitting in his basement, I don't see any of it coming out of Washington, D.C. I have absolutely no faith to see anybody with ethics to be reporting to me anymore. I've We've lost... Um, so much as a country by letting them just destroying it the way they are. And I, I can't understand legally, you know, where do we go from here? Say we turn it around, we get who's embedded in the State Department and places like that, and we dig them out. What if BRICS holds its own, you know, Human Rights Commission decides, you know what, these people did kill a million people, we consider them a uh, you know, person non grata, you know, actually we want them over here. We extradite them. You know, we're starting to move in that territory, I feel. And and things are just, you know, they're spinning, but I, there are a lot of great people. I don't, I don't want to continue to ramble on, but, you know, what is going to happen when we change it? How, what is law going to look like? How do we make the law the law again? Because without people with that ethics, it's it's just we've proven it. It it sorry, it's shit. Sorry, I'll end there. Um, well Medi, as always, man, you, you always bring something awesome to the table. And look what we got Eric back. Um Twitter the Twitter overlords <laughs> try to knock him out. We got her back Hopefully. Hopefully it's gonna let him come up. There we go. Eric, can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you just fine. Do you want me to field that question? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Okay. I, I think just to, you know, uh, ethics, why are there no ethics in Washington, D.C.? Uh, politics, I say this on my show all the time, politics is downhill from culture. And uh, our political decline is a direct reflection of our cultural decline. I think we have to look to that um, because the, the people that we elect and the, uh, the politic that we have uh, you know, it's it's just uh, a reflection of, of who we are as a culture, and we really are a culture in in decline. And I hate to say that; it pains me to say that, but there's truth to it. We have turned our backs on the tenets of God, country, and family, um, and, and you see that on the, on the left. And that's such a a point of of socialism and, and of Solinsky is you know eliminate God, eliminate the nuclear family, eliminate the need. There's no power more uh, more powerful in your life, or nothing greater than the state worship government because because if you ask a liberal you say where do your rights come from they're going to tell you they come from the government and you ask a conservative where do your rights come from they come from god and i think the the more we get away from that and i i you know maybe i sound like an old man and get off my lawn but like look at entertainment you know look at what's out there look what's on tv 
and, and it's been going that way for quite a while, just more and more pushing the envelope and becoming more and more provocative. Uh, where, the, where these, you know, it's really changing the way that we are. It's really changing uh, our interactions. And, and we are losing sight of ethics. And, and politics is going to be no different than the culture it represents. Well, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to American Sound Off. Thank you to Representative Lauren Bobert out of uh, Colorado, as well as Eric Matheny, Will Chamberlain, Steve Cortez, to the thousands of you who came into the space. I'm very grateful. Thank you very much for sounding off about issues that are very important to all of us as Americans. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.